0: Everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode with the Tuckcast with the Splash Suburban. I'm Shannon Messer here. Along with me today, we have Bobby Bennett and Dell Collins, and we're going to dive into Dell here a little bit. Have a little bit of fun here today. Maybe talk about a you know a few things uh, you know out there outside the realm of fishing a little bit there. But chance to get to know Dell a little bit. And uh, man, I'm excited to be sitting here in Bryson City today. Looks like we got a little bit of cold air kind of come in. Feels more like January instead of uh, instead of early spring for sure, man. So glad winter showed up again. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, you know, folks, if you're looking for a Patagonia coat or something like that, cold air's back. We can hook you up. Yes. So, Bobby, you got some uh, got some stuff there to talk about with Dell. Well, yeah. First, I was going to kind of bring up uh,
1: for everybody out there. Um, part of the podcast is for y'all to keep up with us and know the ins and outs and what we've been doing. So we actually just got back from a little bit of a road trip um, going up to uh, Virginia for the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. And uh, one thing we got to do, because we didn't realize that Shannon here had never been to Washington, D.C. So uh, on the way up, one of us said something about eating dinner, uh, you know, driving up to D.C. And uh, we found out. So for some reason, we, we made a the, the little bit of an audible and did yeah, a little side road trip. we drove by that
2: sign. And it said, Washington, D.C., 90 miles. and. I mean, in Montana standards, that's close.
1: That's right. That's right. So uh, Shannon got to see some of D.C., which I think he
0: enjoyed. Yeah? No, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Got to go up there. We didn't see anything like, no protesting or anything like that. but we Because <laughs> that's what we were looking you know, for. You were, but probably one of the most intriguing things was Stumpy Squirrel. You know, the, you know, the squirrel with the... <laughs> that squirrel like had mange. That squirrel tail. It's like somebody... That's an ch- inner city squirrel, yeah. It's like somebody chopped off the squirrel's tail, not me, to make some flies. Uh, but anyway, that, that squirrel... I mean, there are squirrels everywhere. Yeah. Squirrels. Yeah. They're secret squirrels. Secret that's squirrels. They've probably got cameras. They're spying. You know, we walked, we walked
2: five and a half miles in three hours. Yeah. And parked in two different places. That's, that's moving. Well, hey, you got to see it all when you got a chance. That's what happens when you walk in flatland if you're living in the mountains.
1: But basically, if you've never been to DC, you need to go because it's pretty cool to walk around, and you need to give yourself more than uh, three hours, that's for sure. But if that's all you got, it's still worth it.
2: How about Hill Country Barbecue?
1: That was tasty. We give ate. them a little plug.
0: Yeah, we ate, so we walked and we <laughs> ate. We had seventy-five pounds <laughs> of biscuit between the three hours. That's all right. So, so some windshield time, some some pho- photography time, you know, with with the phone there. You know, got some cool shots of the Korean War Memorial, which I thought was like the most awesome thing there with that nightmade function was pretty cool yeah but, but uh but you know there wasn't i think the timing we hit it it was really good there wasn't a lot of people out there so we wasn't contending with traffic so as dell was driving through town and, and bobby was you know doing this direction go this way go that way we weren't getting shot at by nobody because we weren't breaking barriers guns are illegal but, in dc too. but uh oh, darn fools but uh you know, we were able to, you know, go park, kinda look like we knew what we were doing up there. And uh Other than we
1: were all in plaid shirts, I think, so that yeah. kinda gave us away. Kinda like we were some out of towners here.
0: But uh, anyway, we fit in at the barbecue place though so, and it uh, and it was good. It was good. We we did look like tourists when we parked in the handicapped parking spots at the mall. Yeah, we did do that. I forgot about that. We were, like, ready to walk around. and then we were I like almost paid
1: for it, too. <laughs> and then we realized, whoa, 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 don't pay. Don't put that money in.
0: That's when you just had to holler back at me because I was already way – God, I was halfway to the Washington I was already doing the, my best Clark Griswold thing that I could do, man. Hey, look, kids.
1: Yeah, they don't – for some reason, they don't want to put paint on the ground that says, you know, handicapped, a little wheelchair sign. So, yeah, you got to really pay attention to the, the signs with the arrows on them. It's called revenue. Yeah. They know how to make
0: sure you get a parking yeah. ticket.
2: Yeah.
1: The sure. one thing
0: we didn't do is we should have got a scooter. <laughs> the scooter. It was crazy. Just People for the photo just, op? Just, just a scooter, man. People
2: just leave those things laying in the walkway. You just, They kind of litter the mall a little
1: bit. Yeah, yeah. It is weird that they don't put them to the side. Yeah. Just pick up the scooter. I guess you swipe your card and away you go. Yeah, for, for anybody out there that's never really walked around some of the big cities, the big thing now is to have bikes and, and scooters that basically have like a credit card terminal and you can rent them. And then you just leave them when you when you get off if you stop at a restaurant or a park or wherever you're going, and uh, so they're kind of all over the place, which is is weird to see. But it's actually a great idea. I'm sure somebody's making a lot of money on it. We should have thought of it. We're late to the game. Yeah, uh, you know, Bryson City and Silva, Man. Mm. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to ride a bike two hundred yards. So <laughs>
0: there it is. There's a lot of things they said about need mopeds it. too. We'd only need a couple bikes.
1: There. You know, the the capital
0: to get it going wouldn't be much. <laughs> yeah. so the razor scooters man with some led lights and a spark brake system we got it covered man that's what, what if you took that that little scooter thing
2: and just like welded it on like a, this a little post going up and then make it look like a segway <laughs> <laughs> just start renting segways around segways. bryson city and somewhere. segways that's right segways
1: oh man speaking of segways and that's how great <laughs> ideas are formed <laughs> Segways. Segways. Ah, so so uh, <laughs> we're going to jump into the interview here with Dale now. And uh, before I get into that, I just want to remind everybody that uh, the website is www.tuckflyshop.com. Uh, we got the blog there. We also have the YouTube channel. Um, if you want to go subscribe to that, I believe that's under, if they search, what is it, Tuck Fly Shop? That'll come up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it will, it will, yeah. And then we also have Facebook, which is Fly Shop, and Instagram, which is Tuck Fly Shop. And for all of those, Tuck is spelled T-U-C-K. So uh, go like, follow, share, subscribe, all that good stuff for us. And uh, the podcast, uh, for anybody that's listening to this and you want to pass this info along, we got it. Uh, it's on the iTunes one now. It's on Spotify. It's on a couple of the podcast apps. Um, it should be going up on iHeartRadio and on Google Podcast as soon as Google does their analytic algorithm, whatever they do to say, hey. But that takes about four weeks for it to actually get up. There. we got to so, check
2: our analytics, folks. Yeah,
1: analytics. Um so anyways, we're going to uh, get you guys edumacated here on Dale and kind of what he did and where he came from and all this good stuff, so you'll know him a little bit better. So we'll start off with the first one, which we do with everybody. Uh, where'd you grow up?
2: And uh, go for it. So I grew up in this place called Davidson County. Uh, a lot of people might have heard of Thomasville, North Carolina, where the furniture's made. Uh, grew up in that that area, a little, little community called Holly Grove and uh came to college up at uh Western Carolina back in 2001. Yeah, so so growing up in Davidson County, uh we just had creeks, you know, to play in and uh fields and woods and things like that and you just kind of you take off from the house and then uh show up back home by dinner and you've been gone for 2 3 hours just just being a boy growing up in the country and uh you know, we we'd take our 5 gallon buckets and and go down to the creek and and try to stab at minnows, and we'd catch minnows in buckets. We'd catch crawfish and see who could get pinched and hold on to it the longest. Um, we also did that with electric fence.
0: I, I don't recommend that. Uh, <laughs> you did have electric fence, but yet you jumped the other day when we had arc welding going well, on in the shop. <laughs> Shh, Shannon. The Silva folks might
1: get nervous. Um, um, so Davidson County is... The central part of the state, correct?
2: Yeah, Piedmont Triad, uh, you know, right there, kind of the, the suburbs of Greensboro, High Point, Winston Salem, uh, about an hour north of Charlotte. So it's really a nice place to grow up. You know, you're, you're three hours from the beach, and uh, at the time, you're three hours from from Boone and that those mountains. Now you're about two hours from those mountains and three hours from uh, from out this way. But uh, really, really nice place to grow up.
1: Very cool, man. I didn't mention this before, and most of you out there probably listening probably know this, but Dale is a co-owner with me of the shop. So uh, I don't think we we threw that in there at the beginning, but I wanted to mention that. So um, if you ever got an issue, don't come to me, come to him. Um, Anyways, uh, what's your (laughs) what's your uh, fake laugh? What's your first uh, your first fishing memory? It doesn't have to be fly fishing, but like as a kid or whatever, you know, caught my first fish or hooked myself in the hand the first time or whatever what you got there
2: you know i, I think i got to go back to some some pier fishing trips i mean you know, you could count how old i was on one hand so it uh you know just just throwing throwing bait off a pier down at the coast uh you know you never know what you're going to catch when you got some shrimp on a hook but i remember caught a caught a blowfish one time and i remember that being pretty cool yeah, those are pretty cool to catch. I've, it I've puffed up them. and yeah. everything scared the fire out of me. I didn't know what. It was. I think I might have been four, uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's probably the that's probably kind of where the the curiosity got started.
1: So did you did you fish more at the coast or lakes and ponds or was it about? Oh, uh, that was
2: just that was maybe my earliest memory there. I think the majority of my fishing was on those creeks uh, out in the county. Um, you know, we take five gallon buckets and we'd wade into a pool and find a. Find a pocket of minnows and uh and and stab at it and then you just wait for the silt to settle and, and then see what you got. And usually it was nothing, but man, one time, I'll tell you this, one time we caught a two pound smallmouth in this little bitty creek. And man, you'd have thought You ate it, didn't you? We hit the lottery. Well, my dad had a little uh goldfish koi pond. And I was so proud of this thing. I took it up there and threw it into that koi pond and uh it started eating the other goldfish. <laughs> So my dad made me take it back down, and I put it back in the creek. But I mean, we never would have expected. I mean, a creek you could just about jump across in most places. Uh, but uh, Stony Run Creek, and uh, but but yeah, it was uh, amazing to catch a catch a fish that big with a five gallon bucket. So I don't know, maybe we overanalyze this thing sometimes. That's <laughs> just, it, man. It. it could be like those grapplers that just reach in and pick them up. <laughs> you just give away somebody's secret spot.
0: Stony, yeah, Stony Run Creek. Stony Run Creek. Go to Stony Run Creek. It, it is not on USGS. Really. Smallmouth
1: fishery <laughs> trophies—that's what I just heard.
0: So, so, Dale. Um, so, what did you? Uh, what was your career before getting into uh, fly fishing and where you're at today? Yeah.
2: So, I graduated from uh, I finally graduated from Western Carolina University after my victory lap, and uh, started teaching. Uh, I graduated history degree, started teaching high school social studies down at Thomasville, and uh, you know, really growing up my my whole my whole desire was to you know grow up be a teacher and and coach football and uh that that was my plan and so uh going into fall of 2008 I interviewed at Thomasville High School and and uh you know I, they got got the job and then had a meeting with the athletic director and he said well he said you know Dale I, I really you know we're we're pretty full on football staff but uh you know I don't have a volleyball coach yet and it's like, um, you know, it's like August 12th. I mean, volleyball. You've, sh- you've got a volleyball body, too. Just so It could knows. be the bald head. But if you ever watch it in the Olympics, that sport, man, those guys don't mess around. Like, if you get spiked on, you're going to be bruised. Well, so, uh, you know, they should have already been practicing for about two weeks. And uh, so, you know, I really just felt like that was a place where I needed to serve. So I, I said, okay. Now, ask me if I knew anything about volleyball how much did you know about volleyball i knew nothing okay <laughs> so and youtube was i don't know if youtube was around yet you couldn't really search youtube yet at that point so, so you had to use the encyclopedia i i don't remember what i used <laughs> i think i just made them run but run and jump run, run, run jump run jump, jump hit uh no you know so uh you know we we, we kind of got that that program turned around there and I, I did almost get ejected from a volleyball match once that, that ref, he got me fired up. Well, anyway, I digress. So, uh, um, that's another podcast, you know, really, I, I, I really took ownership there and, um, really got into a junior Olympic program up in Greensboro and, and coached there and learned the program and finally got on with the football staff, um, at Thomasville. And, and that's where I really started having fun and, uh, you get to know the kids at a whole nother level. Um, but you know i I really love teaching and uh I you know came to a point where it just uh we we started our family uh we were living there in Greensboro in two thousand eleven Bryson came along and uh you know it just changed your perspective and I didn't really care to uh get to school at dark and get home at dark anymore, so I started looking looking to do something different cool so is
1: that kind of what pointed you towards doing something in fly fishing how did that um, some Man. of this is going to cross the interview with me because I probably mentioned some. Man, of this, I but. was
2: I was I was desperate. I was looking at everything. I was I was uh, one wife's approval from going to um, going to boot camp and joining the reserve. Mm, I do
1: remember you talking about that. Oh yeah,
2: back in the day. Oh really? yeah. Yes, sir. No and, doubt. And and I was I'd already looked into you know what I need to do for officer candidate school, um, things like that. And uh, they figured out the helmet wouldn't fit. <laughs>
0: Well, that's what? a that's
2: a seven and three quarters folks what what anybody's wondering what branch uh i think it was army yeah i i'm yeah. pretty sure yeah we had a great j r o t c program there at thomasville and uh led by lieutenant colonel merkel and and sergeant wilgus and uh those two guys i just really look look still look up to uh but uh yeah so it came real close to that and and um my friend on some independent pharmacies uh up here in western north carolina um Helped him open a couple of them in Robbinsville and Bryson City and Cherokee. And, and I, I resigned from Thomasville. I was at that point where it was, it was time to, to make a change. And uh, didn't have anything in the sales and called my buddy and said, hey, man, I just resigned from teaching. And uh, he's like, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at getting into long-term care pharmacy. Maybe you could come up here and, and take on that for me. and So I was like, well, again, here I am in volleyball. I don't know anything about it, but let's go learn it and let's make it work. So – um, that, that was, that was a lot of fun. Learned how to, you know, basically manage a business. But with long-term care pharmacy part, it was like, uh, I don't You guys remember that meningitis breakout in Massachusetts? I, I probably didn't pay much attention to that, but. Well, that was from a long-term care pharmacy. Yeah. And I told, I told Mike, I was like, <clears> dude, no, we're, we're not getting into that. So, but, uh, no, run, learned the ins and outs of running a business. And, uh, and, and j- that just kind of got the wheels spinning for, for how can how can how can I have a business?
0: So, yeah, that's cool. So so, what are some ways that like coaching football and in in volleyball and guiding are similar? Well,
2: at, at the end of the day, you know, it starts with a relationship. You know, and and my my first uh, my first season there coaching volleyball, you know, those girls they didn't know me from Adam, and and then it was it was tough sledding. I mean, I didn't really. They they knew I didn't know anything. The only thing they respected about me was I was trying. Um, but but so so you have to build those relationships. And then the second year it got better. So you know the the first thing you got to start with is, is building a relationship um, with a client, and and that's uh, it, it. Could be the drive to the river, and finding out their interests, and then you think about those interests as you're on the water and how you can relate those those same jargon that same jargon to them and to to put these uh the strategies we use in fly fishing into terms that they're going to understand you know a lot of people play golf so I I try to try to make a lot of analogies when I'm guiding to golf um and things like that but you know it's um it's still teaching you're still you're still coaching you're still teaching the the environments change but the principles are the same but there's no ref thank goodness (laughs) that's it You don't have the riff. I apologize in advance to any officials that may be listening to this podcast. (laughs) So
1: anyways, we'll we'll go from from the guiding aspect to uh, a little bit more of the shop side of things. Um, What do you find to be some of the, I I don't want to say all difficult, but the goods and the bads, let's put it that way, of owning a shop
2: um, besides dealing with me? Well, I mean, that's a two-way street. you got to deal with me, too. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's it's kind of those that, that cliche, you know, you, you don't remember the bad times, you remember the good times. And and I, I think the greatest challenge is, is whatever challenge is, is right in front of us at the time. Um, I think in five and a half years, that's taken on many forms. And there there's, seems like every week a new challenge, and you forget about the last one, and – you know right now you know i'm my head's buried in in quickbooks and trying to close up you know the books on 2019 and and uh you know so that that to me is is the most daunting task um at the time but um you know the the overall challenges i don't know man when when you're dealing with people that's a challenge yeah yeah i mean I that's mean, any, in any industry any really. facet yeah so uh that's that's a, that's tough to say i, I might have to to so think about that one a little more. Maybe by the end of the, the interview, I'll be able to have another one. Surprised him with one. <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe the greatest challenge he's, is answering all these questions. He, he's <laughs> yeah, as of right now. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: trying to be nice so he doesn't put me under the bus. Probably that's what it is. Yeah, I don't want a
0: three hundred bus. No one's going under the bus here. Uh, warm up the wheels, boys. But anyway, so so what do you see coming in the future of the industry that's going to impact you know the industry in Tucker CG Fly Shop? Back to that most challenging <laughs> question. I <laughs> <laughs> got, got to read this one. He's got to read this one here, folks. Bobby came up with these these really technical questions here. So,
2: so yeah, I, I don't know that there's. I mean, there's obviously not a right or wrong answer to this, um, but I think you've got to. And we talked a little bit about this the other day. You, you've got to be willing to change. Uh, you can't be set in your ways, and if 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 you know, if we as Tuck Fly Shop were operating things the same way we were five years ago, I don't know that we'd be here right now. Um, so, you know, that you know, in management, I, I several people may have heard this and again this was our conversation the other day, but those least resistant to change are are the first to make themselves irrelevant. So Wow, yeah, that's true. You know, we, we gotta we gotta keep moving forward and, and, and thinking about what that future is and um, you know we we've seen we've seen things come and go. We've seen waves. We've seen fads. And five years, you know, you know, we're looking at five and a half. That's a relatively short period of time. You know, we've got some fantastic uh, shops that that we admire and, and have sort of set the bar, set the example of what a good fly shop should be. And, and we've we've stride we've we've made strides to to meet those standards. Um, and and you got to maintain them. So, uh, you know the future of the industry. There's a, there's a lot of that's. I mean that uh, I think that's a whole podcast.
1: We could delve into it right now. Right now,
2: <laughs> no no pun intended. Yeah. And, well, I mean I guess is how long do you want me to preach? <laughs> as long <laughs> as you need to, man. As long <laughs> as you need to. Yeah. I, I think I think as as owners and employees in the industry, the the biggest thing I think that enter in, 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 um, that that frustrates us the most as being a part of retail is, is the pro, the pro deal side of things. So yeah, um, that's always a hot topic with shop owners. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's folks out here that, you know, that are not, that are even not related to tuck fly shop that are out here working hard on the river, um, and, and doing right by the industry and are making a living by this. Um, and that's, that's all across the country and in any region. Um, and th- those are the ones that, that deserve pro deals. Um, but the, the ones that, you know, took a couple trips five years ago, that still have their pro deal and they hadn't got it a trip since. And they're, 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 they're maybe a teacher now or, and maybe teachers deserve pro deals. I don't know. Um, but, uh, maybe they're, I don't know, maybe they're driving trucks, who knows, whatever. Um, you know, I, I think we really got to take a look at, um, at this pro deal, you, know, you take a look at the, the Sage ESN, okay? That's a 10-foot, that's a Euro-nymphing rod, $975, okay? How, I think Sage has looked at how many people are going to be buying rods on pro deals and might be influencing pricing. Yeah. So um, for for an nymphing rod, I don't think there's any reason it should it should cost nine hundred and seventy five dollars. You know, for the performance components and research and development that goes into it, you know, maybe comparable to those, you know, that eight hundred dollar ballpark. But almost a thousand dollars full retail is is disturbing to me. Um, but when when they're selling, eighty percent of their ESNs are coming on pro deals or giving away. Uh, they're using the retail price to subsidize that, and that's not fair to the general consumer.
1: Oh, no, no, I, I agree. And, and it, it makes it tough on shops. You know, for all of you out there that enjoy having a local shop, you know, those pro deals don't come through us. So that's a sale we miss out on the local area if that person truly isn't a pro, um, which, you know, at the end
0: of the day, helps our bottom line. There's there's nothing any worse than someone walking in and say, yeah, my, my, my friend got me this through his pro deal which is a total violation, yeah. and, and we hear it, um, and it does. As you mentioned right there, it takes away from a small business. Uh, the product, I don't mind saying this, but the product in this shop is paid for by these two gentlemen sitting here across from me. It's not on consignment. It's not uh, allocated to us that you're going to have this, and what you don't sell, you send back. There's a financial risk uh, that you folks have, have inherited with this here and taking that risk you know, for that there. So any of those situations like that, when they will, oh, I can get that on the pro deal, that's a total violation. And, and it's, it's uncool. It's, 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 it's uncool for sure. But uh, I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, I mean, that really is a trend in the industry that, uh, that has to be, you know, certainly addressed, but subsidizing, you know, the, the pricing, I, I could see that.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, certainly, certainly warranties, you know, warranties, sub, you know, you have to subsidize that cost too. If, if if my dog Finn chews up a a sage foundation uh which he may or may not have done um you know i i I've got to send that back and pay a small fee, but it comes back fixed and and that's part of maybe we shouldn't have said that but it but it's <laughs> but it's a warranty um and it's and, all good and and i was honest i was honest with sage but this 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 is a guide tool, and this is this is how one of the ways we make a living so uh S- sage was sage was fantastic to deal with and they, they made that repair for me um but that's that's built into the price of of your gear uh just like with sims and the price of waiters um and and certainly patagonia everybody complains about patagucci and how much it costs but they sure do like being able to return something and have it fixed for the lifetime of that product yeah i mean that's that's pretty amazing and a in a pretty strong guarantee
1: Absolutely, it is, man. So,
2: that's a uh, that is a good long topic for another podcast. So, if
1: anybody wants to hear more about that, obviously, email us um, tuckriverclub at gmail dot com, and we'll take that in consideration. Maybe make that a future podcast after we get through this little interview uh, series that we're doing. So, um, well, let's mosey on because we can we can definitely <laughs> delve into that a lot because that is a let's hot topic. Um, like- I will mention though, there is a great article out by. Uh, I don't remember the magazine it was in, but it's by um, I'm looking it up now to make sure I get his name right. Kirk Dieter, which some of y'all may have heard that name. He actually wrote a wrote an article about the the pro deal problem in the industry, and it's actually a really good read about it. And it's it's a very controversial topic because obviously they are making a a you know the the manufacturers are making money off of the pros. Is Kirk so, is Kirk with Tu or Orbis? Tu, nice. Um. Well, we'll get into some barley the last couple questions here. We'll go ahead and move along. Um, what's all-time f- fly fishing only favorite memory for you?
2: I think I think family is is an obvious choice there. Uh you know, seeing seeing my my daughter and son uh catch their first fish on a fly rod. They're uh, and How old are they? Or when, how old were they when they did that? Do you I think remember? Bryson was 4 i think madeline might have been four as well um and you know at that age they can't do anything wrong they don't they don't know anything right so you, you you just let them let them fling the rod and if they get tangled up you deal with it and that's that's what we did and um and i remember it was uh the tuck it might have been 2016 the tuck was pretty low and uh it was i think october so it's still warm so we didn't even need waiters and took bryson out in the tuck down there and he got on one um but you know some of the creeks i think it was a pretty funny story uh proud dad moment um we were fishing with some friends over um on a piece of property outside of silva and having a cookout kind of thing and uh, some friends in from the charlotte area and and out in texas and uh everybody all the kids were down fishing on the creek and um i didn't really feel like getting my gear out but bryson ran down the creek and and uh I had it in the car because I had a feeling it, it may get brought out, but he comes running back up to the to where the grown-ups were, at least most of them. There was, I believe Jason was down there on the creek um, with the kids, and he had spinning rods. And Bryson comes up and he says, Daddy, did you bring your fly pole? I was like, son, I I don't know, man. You have to go looking the back of the car. I, I can't remember. I knew I did. But uh, he said, oh, no, Daddy. All they got a spinning rod, and, and I don't – and." What, you know, we hadn't taught him how to use a spinning rod yet. But Jason came back and he said, boy, I tell you, your son sure is an artist with that fly pole, but he can't throw a spinning rod for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a proud dad moment. Um, But no, I, I, you know, as far as, uh, yeah, I put this in my presentation for Virginia and I'll certainly show it at Cincinnati and some of the others. But um, as far as clients go too, there was a, a, at the time he was 14. Gosh, I think he's graduated high school now, but, uh, this 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 kid from uh Telfar, Telfire, Telfire, Georgia. I don't know how they say it. But um he uh he was fourteen at the time. We came up here to Deep Creek, full day trip, and uh we whacked fish on Deep Creek, He did a bow and arrow cast and and, and just Yeah, you got a good video of that. That's right. And you might folks might have seen it on social media, but he uh he nailed this nice brown and in, in this bank eddy with a bow and arrow cast and uh, the tubers got so thick finally around lunchtime that we couldn't fish anymore uh, in those areas. So, and it was getting warm. So we hightailed it up to some higher elevation brook trout water, and and he proceeded to just catch catch fish in every single hole. And that was just one of those days where everything lined up, and you know most importantly, the kid had a great attitude and wanted to learn and was eager to learn. And you know there was nothing that could disappoint him that day. Well, that's awesome, man. And then Dale touched on. I think me and Dale have men- or me and Shannon have mentioned
1: this in past podcasts. Is um, the attitude To have that good attitude it, it makes a day of fishing Whether it's great fishing or slow fishing Is super important You know, go out there just to experience the outdoors So uh, by popular request Because the name of the the uh, podcast Does say with a splash of bourbon So we have been reminded by a couple local listeners That we have not mentioned anything about bourbon So
2: That, that lady we, right there wanted to come in the shop But she saw the headphones Yeah
1: we got people walking by the shop while we're doing this. It's That's great. Um, so, what's your favorite bourbon of choice as of right now? I know you probably got more than one, so we can we can so put a little bourbon into the episode.
2: Much like challenges of the shop, it tends to be whatever bourbon's right in front of me. Free bourbon. <laughs> yeah, free, it's my free. favorite bourbon. Free. Uh, you know, but uh, I've I've really enjoyed um, a good friend of ours, Buck Cross, from out in Waco. He uh, he he gifted me a, a bottle of Woodford Double Oak. And that has been a really nice, easy sipping bourbon, and uh, that's that's certainly tops on my list right now. But you know, any time I'm out at a restaurant, Woodford seems to be my my go to. But um, I, t- I tell you, Nantahala Brewing—they have got an incredible bourbon selection. If anybody out there doesn't know, there that. you go. If you're visiting the area, but um, you can—if if you've ever wondered how good this certain one was, that might be a top shelf bourbon. It's a great place to try it and 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 you get a class. I like my neat. Yeah. And, and in my I'm coffee. an ice
1: guy. I like a little ice. <laughs> <Coffee>. <laughs> Just, Do we need to check that <laughs> cup right now? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. That's decaf. That's decaf <laughs> coffee, folks. Oh, as they say it's sweet tea, it's finished or unfinished. You finish <laughs> it with some bourbon. Um, well there you go. Woodford. So uh I'll have y'all come in with, you know, email us or whatever, comment on Facebook when we post this. Um, what's your favorite bourbon? You know, Put it out there. Let us all know. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Anything coming up that we need to talk about? Hey, I know my, we're, we're going to. Yeah, my father-in-law's
2: calling me. Do we want to answer that right here? And <laughs> Probably
0: not. <laughs> See put him, what John put wants, him on the spot. Put, put him on the yeah. spot there.
2: I know yeah. we're going to. Uh,
0: we'll be up at the Cincinnati show here <laughs> in, I guess it's two weeks from Yeah, now? absolutely. So yeah. that actually is Saturday, February the 1st uh, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m um there is the uh it's the 2020 greater cincinnati fly fishing sh- show and we know those folks in cincinnati are going to be excited because I, I think they're going to be trying to get that one joe burrow from uh, lsu uh, what yeah what oh, yeah what? cincinnati's got so, number one pick right yeah number one pick man oh you're talking about yeah for yeah, the draft yeah, 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 so, yeah so, so there'll yeah. probably be a lot of folks kind of excited about that but anyway back to the fly he fishing. said he
2: doesn't like skyline chili though Oh, and Andy Dalton tweeted that he loves. Skyline oh, oh!
0: Did we already have a have a debate in Cincinnati? Quarterback controversy quarter, already. Over Chile. Quarter, over Chile, I think
1: they'd just be happy to win a playoff game.
0: Uh, <laughs> they they got to get in the playoffs now. They they got to win enough to get into the playoffs. But anyway, but we, we will be in that Cincinnati area. We're really looking forward to it. Shannon and I are headliners. Are we headliners? It says on the brochure, headlining. Uh, uh, headliners. Oh, there we go. So there is a presentation schedule. Uh, Dell will be on at eleven o'clock. Uh, in the morning, uh, let's just uh, let's just make sure that we know it's eleven o'clock in the morning. If you show up, is at that 11... Central time? Are they a different time? No, no there there they're not. Standard. Okay, yeah, so, I couldn't remember. Uh, yeah, so Dell will be talking about Western North Carolina fly fishing, and it really is a great presentation, folks. If you've not uh, been to this area here, that's because there's like five pictures of Shannon, and that's the reason he's saying that.
1: Yeah.
0: Star power, <laughs> star power. And then at one p.m., I will actually be doing some fly time demonstrations there. Uh, I'll be going over some of the patterns. Uh, here locally, uh, some of our family flies that you can find in the fly fishing museum there and then be doing that and uh, we'll certainly have a great time with that. I'm looking d- forward to the road trip.
1: Yeah, definitely definitely come watch Shannon tie. if you're going to the show or you're close by and want to come check out the show. if you've, uh, I know you've probably watched videos if you're into fly tying at all, but you can actually touch, feel, spin the Norvice. He'll be tying on that Norvice system, which is pretty much totally different than any other vice setup. So it'd be fun to come by and see him tie on that and he can kind of Give you the ins and outs after his presentation about it if you're a little more curious. Machined
2: and made in America. Yeah, Absolutely. That's yeah. the big one. Made it, in America. Yeah. And we'll, um, you know, our booth. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have our a nice booth there. Man, as yeah. soon as you walk in the doors, you can't miss us. Absolutely. That's what we're, we'll be. we're the best looking guys around. I might miss you. I'll look at the food stand first when I walk
0: in. Well, we're right across from right? There you go. Oh, God. That was intentional. <laughs> I already talk, already. So let me tell you something what I learned about road tripping with these guys. They know every little joint you have to stop at along the way. Now, of course, J- Dale is Mister Chick Fil A King, and, and this That's is right. not. This is not paid endorsements here. I mean, it's like everything is like timed. But it could be. Timed. <laughs> it's like timed. It's like if we're here at, at this spot at this time, okay? Then he is ordering on his phone, and he's up there there scanning oh, his yeah. phone. Man, he wanted a milkshake every night from Chick Fil A because <laughs> our hotel there's a Chick Fil A. We drove by Chick You know what my favorite milkshake is free. Free. Free one on top of that. And I, then it's barbecue. Oh, barbecue so, yeah. So as we're heading back home, you know, we got to stop at Smithfield. Well, no, no, no. Remember the conversation? It
2: was, all right, guys, which Cracker Barrel are we going to stop at, yeah. at? Petersburg or Dale City? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like, uh, well, uh, I don't know, Cracker Barrel. I'm thinking pancakes. Yeah, it's 6 p.m. Yeah, he did want pancakes. I'm thinking pancakes. But then it dawned on me that, you know, we'll be coming down 85 into mid-eastern, if you will, north, northeast Raleigh area in the Smithfield chicken and barbecue country. And
0: it was just like, man, me and Bobby were so excited. Yeah, because we don't get that up here as much, that vinegar-based. Mm, it's good. So it was my first time at, at Smithfield that night. And I, not, not only did we eat there, let, let's just take this one step further here. Not only did we eat there, Dell gets Nanner Pudding. So, so Dell is driving, I think like two bites of Nanner Pudding was gone. Then a turn around, Bobby's in the backseat eating beans. He he, he a, stew. it was a pint of Brunswick stew. I do that have to call too. y'all out that about too. that
1: Facebook post, your personal Facebook. Yeah. You said Bobby dogged that that uh thing of Brunswick stew. But you failed to mention that you ordered the combo plate with two pieces of chicken <laughs> and barbecue.
2: Well, so it was a breast piece and a thigh piece. <laughs> yeah.
1: But he's giving me a hard thing about eating stew. And some I had stew. three sides. I'm <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. right. One
0: might have been barbecue, and one might have been Brunswick stew. Yeah, yeah. And, and so. yeah. After, I mean, it it was a weekend of food and good fellowship. Well, for then sure, it man. was Dario's. We wanted to go to Dario's. I'm but like, dude. dude and I was like, dude, come on, man, really?
1: Dario. Dario's a good one too if you're in oh the central part of the state. Yeah. Uh, I think there's like three or four locations now. That's a good place to go grub. But
0: but I do agree with Bobby. If there's anybody who wants to send anything our way, we're golden. Yeah, send we're, it. We're golden. We'll, we'll, we'll review it. What do you mean it? send anything, aren't Man, if they want to send us some food or whatever, man, some... Some some nanner pudding. Some nanner pudding. We'll some review stuff. it. Some Smith, Man, some may, maybe they said it's like a thing as we stop as we're traveling. Hey, stop by and see us. We'll we'll review it, man. We'll do it. Yeah, Why I not? Think yeah. think I like yeah, it, man. Absolutely. So, man, Same goes man. for bourbon. And bourbon. There you go. Yeah. There well, go.
1: I guess we will uh, go ahead and kick off here. We appreciate everybody for listening to this. And again, if you want to check us out, it's www.tuckflyshop.com. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, obviously the podcast, and YouTube. So we appreciate everybody for listening. Y'all have anything else, or we're going to sign off and call it done?
2: Are all hearts and minds clear? <laughs> if so, you may go in peace. <laughs> there it
0: is.
1: Oh, my heavens. Thank you, folks, for listening. We appreciate it. <laughs>